I declare the scripture, Zechariah 2.5 over Faith City Outreach, where the Lord says, and I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Nora Martinez from One Voice Neighborhood Church in Phoenix, Arizona. She is here today to share her testimony and to share uh, the challenges and the encouragement of women in ministry. Thank you, Pastor Nora, for being here today. Thank you for the invitation. It's an honor to be here and all your, your listeners. It is a blessing. When did God call you into ministry, Pastor Nora? Well, the Lord called my husband and I um, 20 years ago, but we've been this August, uh, only been saved 23. And I, and I point that out because we, um, at such a short age in our, um, of being saved, the Lord called us into the pastoral, um, without even knowing exactly all the details and the trials and the temptations and, you know, everything that comes when God calls you, we were very naive uh, when we first began, but I thank the Lord because um, we did not hesitate. Uh, we, uh, as soon as uh, we heard the calling, both my husband and I, we we did not second guess it. Uh, we just waited for confirmation and we just jumped right in. And uh, right now we can probably say that um, at three years of age, that in uh, in the Lord, <laughs> in the Lord, we started our first uh, church, which is Centro Familia Cristiano, which is still going strong. Twenty years later, we were associate pastors and we helped found that. And then um, we left there, and the Lord called us to open the second church, which is One Voice Neighborhood Church. And uh, we first, when we first started, it was mainly just Spanish speaking, which was Iglesia Cristiano Una Voz. And then now um, we knew that sooner or later the Lord will take us into multiculture, which it is now. So we, um, ever since then, we have gone through everything, I guess that you can say in the ministry, but it was easy. It was an easy calling, but the, the journey has been very hard. And I have to tell you that um, I am certainly blessed to attend your Wednesday night uh, Bible study because it was a challenge even to find a really good Bible study that you guys have on Wednesdays. Both of you, it's bilingual, and both of you just um, basically give scriptures, what it's precept to precept, and that's exactly what I was looking for, and it is so deep. It's one of the most deepest Bible study sessions um, that I have ever attended, and I'm always so excited to go. Oh, we're so glad to hear that we have, like, like we said, um, uh, when we were first saved, we just had that encounter with the Holy Spirit of God, and we didn't know any better. We didn't know that you're supposed to uh, preach any other way. Uh, we were never taught that, and I'm glad for that, that we've always tried to stay true to the Word of God and not add or take away and just give it the way exactly it is on the Bible in, in the Scriptures without compromise i believe that the word of god has been so watered down so compromised to try to fit the community where we're at or the people that attend and and i know that has set in the heart of the lord 
Amen. That is so true. Pastor Nora, I know you said that the journey has been very challenging. Do you have a mentor or anybody that you can go to to share about your challenges and to just help you uh, resolve some of your challenges in a biblical way? I do. I thank the Lord that I now do. Uh, at the beginning of my walk, it was I did not know, coming from a secular background, I did not know... Um, that women pastors in the pastor field were not really um, accepted. I didn't know that. Uh, I learned that along the way, and it was a very raw reality to that. I didn't know that it in and out of the Christian realm that was not accepted. And at the beginning, for many, many years, I did not have a woman mentor that I can go to. Um, so it was basically Holy Spirit and myself. But God has been good because along the way, he began to add one by one. And I can say now, 23 years later, uh, that I have now a group of not only one, but I have a group of mentors, and women mentors that I can literally now go to. But each of them have been added one by one, each in its in their season to help mm -hmm. me through the battle. Because that's what, that's what it has been, a battle. So you probably encourage women pastors to be mentored i do i now do because of the fact that i never had a woman pastor and um mentor and uh, i know the importance of that especially when you come from a, a secular background was not born and raised in church um mm -hmm. i came in with um habits and um things that i did not know i had to let go um the the women in the church were very cruel to me um, I did not know better. I didn't have anybody to to show me better. But the Holy Spirit, I put myself in the Holy Spirit hand, and and He began to lead me. That is why now myself, even because I've always, I would always ask the Lord, Lord, you know, please send someone, and He would not until I was uh, till I let go, and mm -hmm. just fully one hundred percent trusted in Him. That is only when He started sending women into my life to help me. And, and I'm glad he did that because at the beginning of my walk, I would always um, hide behind someone. Mm -hmm. And the first one was my husband. And then uh, anybody that I can hide behind, I would. Because <laughs> I, I was just, you know, I, I was afraid. Do you think male pastors can mentor women pastors? Um, I don't think so. Why I don't is that? think so. I don't think so just because uh, in the times and seasons that we have been living in and the generation that we live in i don't think it's very healthy to i don't think it's healthy at all to do that i believe that if um a woman should mentor a woman and a man should mentor a man in this area uh we need to if a man is going to um you know disciple or um have anything to do with that with a woman i think another woman needs to be presented especially if he is married you know, because now, nowadays we see so, so, uh, the, it's a high percentage of, of, uh, men pastors or mentors that fall mm -hmm. because, because they're mentoring young they're the yes, women pastors. Exactly. Wow. So I think that is not, it's not a save. We just need to be reality. We need to be real with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, and I know there's a lot of godly men, but I just say that just, just to be on the safe side, just why why bring up temptation when there is no need there's plenty of women in the in the church that is why i'm a big advocate for pastor women 
and also um, women to pastor either alone or pastor with their husbands because we need both of them pastoring at the same time because it's going to eliminate, I believe, and I've seen it in our ministry, that um, I am there with my husband. He will not, uh, he will not um, have anybody alone with him in his office or at a Denny's or somewhere. We try our hardest. And if in that day, uh, another sister, somebody from the board or anybody else that can be there with him, then we just cancel the meeting and uh, until we can. So that's wise, right? I think so. I think so. Using wisdom. It's just using wisdom. wisdom. I mean, wisdom and common mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. What does the Bible say about women being pastors? Because some Christian religions do not allow women to preach. Well, you know, um, we kind of like need to set the stage for, for this question here. So, <laughs> But I just want to start off with uh, 2 Peter 3.15. It says that we must respect and love our brothers and sisters who hold alternative interpretation on issues that are not critical to our salvation or standing before God. We only request that those interpretations be expressed and practiced in love and consideration for all of God's children, both men and women. So we need to respect. We know there's denomination. We know there's cultures that just refuse or will not allow uh, women to pastor. And and that's, you know, if that's okay with the women in their community, well, then that's fine. But uh, where it starts getting out of hand is when they try to apply that truth um, uh, you know, if that's the way they see that, um, when they start, um, uh, trying to apply that in general for everyone. And then we run into problems because, you know, we believe so with that said and done, I want to set the stage and, and bring us back to, to the day of Pentecost when in that upper room, uh, you know, the Holy spirit of God was just over not only the 120 that men were there, everyone who was there, uh, the Holy Spirit of God poured out to them, both men and women. And we also, you know, we can see with that, we also see that in Joel 2, 28 and 29, it speaks about that same prophecy about the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit, both on men and women and children and, you know, any anyone who is willing to accept. So it's kind of hard to try to fit that mentality that women are not allowed to be pastors because the Holy Spirit came upon everyone and we serve a just God. The, the Lord is not going to deposit something so important in a woman if she's not going to be allowed to to minister in any of the areas. I think that that's not the God that we serve. And we do know by the Holy Spirit of God that is a new covenant. And we tend to hold on to the, you know, the old covenant and we can see also that the new uh testament is uh charismatic in nature okay it, it, it brought in a whole new jesus christ came and and one of the things that i love about our lord jesus is that he came to um again we still continue to do this before before i lose that train of thought um, jesus said himself that he did not come to be king it was not time for him to come and be king he came to serve he had a purpose until this day we continue to try so he did not come to to change politics uh there were slaves in those days and jesus and the apostle paul writes about slaves himself and i know he he did he was not in agreement with slavery but people tend to miss the focus that Jesus came to save. He had a purpose and he had a goal. And one of them was to restore women back 
to the original state before Adam and Eve were expelled from the Garden of Eden. It was a curse, you know, that was given to them that that a lot of the of religion, a lot of cultures, I mean, they are so gun hold on that. Um, Genesis 2, when, you know, the Lord speaks to the woman and brings, this is a curse, you know, under Christ Jesus and his grace, um, that curse was broken. But um, I want to say 6,000 years of women hearing the same things over and over and over that we are no good that we just serve one purpose that we were just meant to be you know have children that you know i re i refuse to and and we can see how in the old testament um a lot of them uh husbands were divorced or wives for any reason i mean there was no the woman had no say no authority that's not the god that we serve and you know and like and like you said at the beginning of your show we have bible studies and we teach um, correctly according to scripture so this is not this topic is no different you know I don't want to uh, fit the scripture to fit my needs so that I can be a pastor because I I was not called by me or by man I was called by God himself mm -hmm. for me to pastor alongside you know my husband but we can see that there is a saying that they used to say um, I can uh, read this correctly it says blessed art thou O Lord this is now this is a prayer blessed art thou O Lord our God who did not make me into uh, that I was not born a Gentile a slave or a woman okay mm -hmm. this is a, a saint to this day this is an actual uh, not only a saint a prayer that they used to pray and I thought my God that they used to pray, or do they still do? Right. No, they still do. They still pray. They, they still say wow. this. You use this. Uh, people use this jokingly. People pray this. You know that they're not Gentiles. They're not women or slave. It's like they're putting us at a level of slave. And you know what? After mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of years, we are women ourselves have believed that. I mean, there is evidence, mm -hmm. tons of evidence in the Scripture that show us. Yes, there are scriptures that we can read that in Ephesians and Corinthians, you know, Titus brings it up, you know, Timothy. I mean, we, we can go on that, that say the same thing, but I believe with all of my heart that not all, that the apostle Paul was talking to a specific people for a specific reason. You know, this was something culture. This was not something established by Christ Jesus, you know, because we can see that the apostle Paul, I mean, because we we get a scripture and then we run with it and then i say okay well if women are not allowed to pastor if, if they must remain quiet you know the famous verse that we must remain quiet in the church so then even those denomination and even those cultures that try to quiet the women then why do they allow them to teach the children work in the i mean it seems more convenient you know that they are used in every area but that. So I would say, well, if you're going to teach and preach that, then we need to do it all the way. Then don't use women at all, mm -hmm. not even to take care of the children or to cook or, you know, the women nowadays and, and always we can see that, that they have always been greatly used in the, in the, in the church, whether it's New Testament, whether it's Old Testament, the women has played. A major role you go into the churches today and you can see that the majority that are there are the women mm -hmm. are, are you know they are not the men we can also see 
you know, still people say, well, in the Old Testament, you know, God established a priest and, you know, the Sandrine, they were all men, there was no women. But, you know, we can see that in the Old Testament as well, that the Lord Jesus Christ used Miriam. He not only used Moses, mm -hmm. he also used Miriam, you know, as, you know, as a prophet of Israel, he used her as well. And we can see the Lord used Deborah. I mean, for a woman in the Old Testament, supposedly was not supposed to be in any type of leadership. I mean, she was a judge. And not only that, Deborah, she also helped Barak go into battle. So she, in me, for myself, I see her as a general because she was there, you know, standing there with Barak to lead the, the people of Israel in army. I mean, you're going to let a woman um, be there for the army, but you're not going to let her be there to pastor a church. I mean, this woman, Deborah, she can lead a whole country and yet not lead a church. That does not make any sense. You know, we can, I mean, we can go on with, with many, um, many exam others. Uh, 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 examples, but we can also see the last in the Old Testament. There's a woman here that I was reading about. Her name is Ahulda. She was also a prophet, and you can read about her in Second Kings. And we can see that she was also uh, not only a prophet, but she, she, authored, um, she was there to, they had found the scroll of the law in the temple, and she found I mean, they went to her and they helped her, you know, she helped them to make sure to see that the scroll was authentic, that it was not fake. So this wasn't just any woman, you know, she helped spark the religious, the people back after going astray. She brought them back, you know, as a revival show, she was there to, you know, in the, in the times of the reformation of Josiah. So how important is that? And we can also see in the the New Testament that we have one of my favorite is um, Achilles and Priscilla we can mm -hmm. see I love when we were studying about them I love to speak about them because this is a couple here but you see the Apostle Paul as he begins to address he first when he first meets them he addresses the husband first but by the end of his letters you see him Priscilla and Achilles so we can see how, and they both, they were co-laborers. And we also know that a lot of the, the churches today, because of uh, translation, different translations, mm -hmm. it has caused so much uh, division mm -hmm. on translating certain words, even with uh, Genesis 2.28, um, when it says that the woman would be the helper or that the man was the head, you know, of mm -hmm. the woman. All of that, they have gone with it and ran with it to, to take advantage and put the woman, you know, down and not for her not to uh, take her place. And, and again, we don't serve a God who is going to allow a man to the extreme, not only oh, to, for us to believe that. Right, for us to believe that. I mean, I mean he's we're a talking God of about, love. Exactly. We're talking about a God who now it's like 6,000 years, I don't think that he was okay for the husband or any man to rape, abuse, stab, mm -hmm. take the children away, demean, uh, her. demean her, I mean, right. just violate her, have no rights. I mean, that is not the God that we serve. And, and, uh, exactly. and sadly, um, as we travel, because we go out and we travel around the country, and um, what, what I have noticed is that 
uh, there's a lot of women who have resentment towards God because man had used the scriptures mm -hmm. and has twisted it so that they can use against their wives, against their daughters, against their communities so that they can um, uh, um, do whatever they want with them. And they're showing them the Bible, but they're misquoting the Bible. So could you imagine 6,000 years of this? And, and let's just say four. But and the, the women are believing two, yeah. this. The women, the women are believing yes, this yes. because I even have conversations with Christian women and they even believe it. They believe it. And see, 4,000 years before Christ came and then we ourselves, okay? We can blame for 4,000 years women have been so abused but then here comes christ jesus mm -hmm. two thousand years later we continue to do that on our own mm -hmm. so you see how for all those centuries we were so brainwashed we were so uh, belittled that we believed it that the last two thousand years so basically what jesus came to do on the cross we took it as nothing salvation only and that's it for me and I'm fine with that and I refuse to believe that Jesus came to set us all free free exactly but we don't know what freedom is yeah and if you don't know then you would believe that right you would believe those lies yes. from the enemy yes we will believe that wow what challenges do you face as a female pastor well, there's a lot, but I know we have <laughs> a certain Name amount a couple. of time, so just I'm just, exactly. share a couple. So I'm just gonna <laughs> share a little bit. Well, uh, being a female pastor, um, again, like I said, I thought, you know, I'm gonna jump in my calling and and I'm gonna have both men and women at my side to lead me and guide me, and that was not the case um, because. Uh, my husband, he's a beautiful man. He is very supportive. Yes, he's very supportive now. <laughs> but at the beginning, he was not because mm -hmm. that's what he was taught. Right. So even in, because uh, we're both uh, Me uh, Mexicans from Mexico. We're from Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua. And uh, I was not um, raised there. He was. So he was uh, very machista and brought that into Christianity and uh, the other pastors that were around him, cultivating him, just kind of like uh, embraced that. Mm -hmm. So he thought that he did not have to let that go. Mm -hmm. So the first years of our ministry, um, I literally had to fight for my position, even with my husband. And then uh, the Holy Spirit of God had to deal with him. And you know, and I thank the Lord because you were probably in prayer for him, huh? I was. I can tell. I was in such <laughs> prayer because right. um, I will tell you why in a moment. But even um, not having the support of my husband, um, and uh, because you know he too believed that that my position was to stay home with the children, and he go off and educate himself and and go off and and do things alone, and. Um, but that was that was not the case, and I and you know, and I have a strong personality, which I am glad that I do, uh, because that has helped me <laughs> help my husband and our ministry. Um, but even first was my husband, then later on I saw it in other pastors. I I worked for a Christian organization, and they too um, have this discrimination, because that's what I call it, discrimination against uh, women in leadership. 
whether in pastoral and in, in they they still were not for a woman to be a supervisor over a man. And I thought you got to be kidding me. Now would they just say that, or no, how they would, would they? Not say how that. would you figure that out? Um, because of the way they would act. So it was obvious it, it was through so, behavior? Through behavior. And okay. then they wouldn't literally say those words, but they would say words similar to them. Like we're mm -hmm. not in agreement, you know, of certain position. They were higher paid. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. I mean, I would expect that somewhat in the world, you know, in the secular, not in, in the secular but not in the Christian. In a Christian, uh, And it yeah, was so hard for me. Christian. It was yeah. very, very hard for me to accept that. And I did not. Because the Holy Spirit of God just kept me pushing through. And then thirdly, because women um, have believed that lie, that they they were not um, saved to to um, minister or to go and, and put those shoes of the Great Commission to go make disciples. How do you make disciples? That's preaching. That's teaching. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say you men go out and make disciples. It, the Lord commissioned all of us. Right, you didn't say only men. Only men go and disciple. Right, and not women. And not women, yeah, you know, or specifically go. said not slaves. Right. Or he said go. Go. You know, this is a work for everyone. That means anybody, so everyone. Everyone, everyone <laughs> who accepts the calling, yeah. that's the first thing that we need to go. And and not only uh, not only go and, and preach, but make disciples. That That is the key there. So the women themselves, I found that, they were also not very nice. Uh, you know, they were also um, um, objective. So how did you get through that? Did you just pray? Lots of prayer. Lots of prayer. Lots of tears. Um, and, you know, just that fire of the Holy Spirit just leading me through, you know, all of that. I praise God because I'm not insane. Yeah. I didn't lose my mind. I didn't lose courage. I didn't lose my joy. And I, and I have to thank the Holy Spirit of God for that. That was relentless faith. Too. Yes, yes. You didn't give up. I did not give up. And even though no one um, at the beginning, you know, one day I just found myself in that Christian organization just sitting down crying. And I'm like, I mean, I just I just felt like um, I was not I was not doing what God had called me to do. There, I, there was just. I, and my my spirit was very unsettled and I did not have nowhere to turn to so one day I was I just found myself just sitting there crying and and I can just so gently hear the Holy Spirit of God and I'm just crying out and he says get up and go back to school prepare yourself you know you can cry all you want but that's not going to change anything and from that moment on because uh, before I was saved, you know, I dropped out of school. I got married very young, and I had children right away. So I did not have secular education or Christian education. But when when I heard that, the next day, I went and I registered to college, and I started off. The very next day. The very next day. I did not waste no time. That's great. I went on ahead, and thank God that the, the organization I was uh, working for, paid for most of my 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 education but wow. then the lord led me but once i started my journey my mm -hmm. husband never said no you couldn't go you know uh he supported me in that so i was able That's to prepare good. myself i went all, i started from a mm -hmm. i started from my high school diploma until 10 years later after two children <laughs> even in the midst you know after starting another church 
and you know um you know with a whole bunch of things happening in the middle i was finally able to get my bachelor's in pastoral ministry from starting from my high school i mean it was a long journey but i loved it everywhere i mean there was so many things that happened but one thing uh if you remember anything in this you know of what we have saying one of the things that that I heard so cloudly that the holy spirit said why are you crying what is that going to solve get up mm. and do what i have called you to do yeah. amen and i think that what you just said is good advice to women pastors right now yes. who are facing what you are what you faced yes. in the past yes amen can you say that one more time Yes, uh, once again, I encourage at the sound of my voice, uh, even when, whether you're a man or you're a woman, mm-hmm. you know, if you find yourself in a place that you are not where God wants you to be, stop crying. Stop, you know, saying, I wish I would have, I could have. It's never too late. I was a mother of three, you know, um, by, that, by the time, no education. And the Holy Spirit just said, stop crying. Get up and do because if we don't do for ourselves, who's going to do it? Exactly. And you also are an example to your children. Yes. Because what you did, your children saw you do. Yes, they did. So they're going to see that and follow that. Yes. And for I, their children. Yes. Because they saw, I mean, graduation after yeah. graduation after graduation. I mean, I've had several graduations right. and they were able to see how mama was because I took my time raising my sons because I have five mm-hmm. and um, but at the time I had three going on four and be in and uh, I raised my sons but when they were old enough then I began to go to school so they began to see you know that mama was not only there to cook dinner wash their clothes and make sure they were okay but they were able to see also the other side you know they were also able to see me that I would not settle and they have always in I've seen that passion inside of me, you know, for the things of the Lord. Not only I have always fought for my family. It wasn't like that at the beginning, but you know, I always fought for my family and I fight, fought for the ministry. Because if I'm here today, it is because you have to fight. Some people think that, oh, I'm a Christian now and I'm going to begin my walk and there is no fighting. No, you have to fight mm-hmm. for, you know, it does not come easy because the enemy will fight you. And fight with the word of God. And fight with the word of God. You know, if, if I would have listened to the enemy's voice and not prepared myself. You wouldn't be here. I would not be here. Yeah. And I would not be, I could not be alongside my husband because he needs me now in the ministry as a pastor mm-hmm. you know i'm an i'm an uh, i'm a licensed um, minister mm-hmm. pastor and um i work side by side with him mm-hmm. but if i would have listened to that voice or to a culture our culture was saying not only our hispanic culture but what the church culture was saying um we would have been at lost so what were they saying uh, they were saying that women were not allowed to minister so what would you tell them? Yes, they and, are. And I said, yes, and they are. Go. I cannot believe that. I, I, I do. I, the Holy Spirit of God in me says different. Mm-hmm. And, and I, uh, I would try not to be argumentative. I just would not listen. I would say, no, that is not the type of God that we serve. And, and I believe that that is why, because I've seen a lot. And I think that a lot of the, the, the pastor's wives, 
that listened to that, um, uh, that listened to that, that women were not allowed to pastor alongside their husbands or be pastors themselves. Now they would find themselves, a lot of the minister pastors committing adultery. Wow. You know, because other women came alongside them and their wives were not educated or prepared. So other women role. came to support them yes. when their own wives couldn't. Exactly. Or didn't. Or did not. Did, yeah. Because they would listen or even their husbands themselves, you know, would tell them that. Yeah. And and I'm just like, yeah. no, I, I, I cannot accept that because that is not what Holy Spirit of God is telling me. Now, do you think all female pastors face these challenges? I think so. I think so. Maybe not as much as myself, um, but every pastor, uh, women minister that I spoke to, it, it has not been easy. They have they have heard the same voice. And what uh, has been sad about this as well is that um, the women that have taken the challenge, um, they're not. They're also being abused. As and there will be a lot of sexual advances, or even the congregation themselves, the men. Uh, will think that just because the woman is a pastor and she's not married uh, that he can that he can feel free to come along and throw advances at the pastor like sexual harassment sexual harassment and that is that is so sad to hear that they think okay we're talking about the christian you know born again men thinking that they have the right because a woman has accepted her calling and she's not married and she's accepted the role that he can come along and have sexual advances so they're operating like the world. Yes. I've had this, and I will not mention her name or where she's from, but there was this missionary that I met, and um, it was so hard to hear that um, she would go and, you know, you have to visit uh, mission, um, different churches to, to get pledges before you're sent out onto the mission field. And she found herself, you know, speaking with pastors who are married, men pastors, that would say, hey, you know, if you're willing to sleep with me, I will make sure that the length of time that you are, wherever you're going, that our ministry will support you. Oh, no. Okay, this is our, our church. So what did what did she end up doing? I, I praise. I mean, I know she didn't end up. Yes, I, I praise the Lord, that, you know, that she. Did she leave the. She did not. Leave, she didn't leave the she, ministry. She did not leave the ministry. Okay, she went good. off, went on, and the Lord has used her till this day beautifully i mean she was very sad and she cried and she cried unto the lord but she did not give up that's but i asked myself how many of them do accept and you know corrupt the calling and to me that is so sad so sad to hear that our own brothers and you know are doing that wouldn't that be also called spiritual abuse? It is spiritual On top abuse. of sexual yes, harassment. spiritual abuse. And even, and I call spiritual abuse for as well, as when there's so many limitations. I mean, for you, any way you turn, it's all about the woman. Women can't do this. Women can't do that. Women are so limited. Yeah. I mean, there is... Or women can't pray, but men can. Right. Or, you know, just limiting them in every... I mean, there is so much to preach about in the Bible. And that is seemed to be the hottest topic. You know, instead of coming together, like the word of the Lord says, you know, Christ Jesus came to call all of us. And we see that in scripture where he says, we are no longer Jews, Gentiles, you know, slaves. We're not men. We're not women. You know, we, it, before the Lord, we are all in the book of Revelation. It says that we are all, we have been called to be priests and kings. 
So I, I say to I say to anybody who's listening, yes. if the Lord Jesus Christ is going to use us, even the women, use us as kings and priests, and we're also going to govern with him in his kingdom, this is the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. How will we be not qualified to pastor or govern in leadership here on earth? Isn't it greater in the kingdom? So that that does not even make sense. Oh, yes, you cannot be pastors or leaders or any high position here on earth, but you can in the kingdom. That doesn't make Make sense. sense at all. At all. No. This is Marina Maria uh, with today's special guest, Pastor Nora Martinez from One Voice Neighborhood Church in Phoenix, Arizona. I do thank you, Pastor Nora, for being on Faith City Outreach. Today we are discussing the challenges of uh, the challenges and also the encouragement of women in ministry. Pastor Nora, why do you think or why don't you think there has been an increase of female pastors? You know, um, as I was doing, um, and, you know, looking for the research of this, I do see more women rising at this, at our generation. Why do you think I this? Do, I know this is going to be your opinion. Yes, this is my opinion. I do see more and more that, that the Lord mm-hmm. is, is calling out more and more women uh, in the pastoral or leadership. Uh, he is calling slowly, mm-hmm. but surely. Mm-hmm. You are starting to see the women lose the fear mm-hmm. and begin to rise up in whatever calling that they may have, not only in the pastoral, but whatever calling the Lord is, is calling them into. I'm starting to see more and more women lose the fear. Amen. The fire of the Holy Spirit is, is so much greater in us, mm-hmm. you know, in, in that area as we cannot stand still. We cannot sit still anymore. We, we are now losing the fear more and more. And we're starting to see as well our husbands, for those of us who are married, mm-hmm. um, starting to support us more. Like never before. More, like never before. Yes. And women are also, their voices are being heard and now. Their, yes, and their voices are being heard as well. You know, again, I um, you, you see, you go into any churches, the majority of people you're going to see there, are the women mm-hmm. pastors need something there's the women for whatever um anything that needs to be done in the church for some reason the men are either always working don't have the time or cannot be there mm-hmm. like and 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 that doesn't make me happy either mm-hmm. you know that's not pleasing to say that oh us women are rising now and you men are coming down it shouldn't be that way exactly. it should now now the opposite effect is happening First, it was the, the men who, who were just all in command, and now it's the women. The women. And I also see that in, like, the Native American reservations. There's, like, a lot of female pastors. Yes. And, no, and barely any male pastors. Exactly. And see, I don't think that's, that's not of the Lord either. You know, the Lord called us both mm-hmm. to both. Uh, uh, and I love because the Apostle Paul always uses the word co-laborers. We are co-laborers. Mm-hmm. 
in Christ Jesus, both men and women working side by side, not one greater than the other. Not one know, competing with the other. Not one competing against each, each other, other, whether it's woman against woman or men against men. Mm -hmm. No, you know, we all know that the, the Christ is returning sooner than a lot of people think. Mm -hmm. And and the Lord is coming back for his bride. And he's not coming back only for the women. Exactly. He's coming back for everyone. <laughs> so we need to bring healthy back into our churches we need to let everybody walking into their calling whether you're a man you're a woman you're a young adult whether you're a youth you know whatever age you are in we need to come back to healthy and we, come back to the unity of the exactly body of christ the body because if it was something that 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 our lord jesus prayed for us before he left mm -hmm. in the book of john we can read his prayer it was regarding unity abba father so that they may be one, one so that the people may believe mm -hmm. so it is important for us to be in unity for what not just so that we don't have nothing else to do we need to exactly. be in unity to unity. win over those yeah. that do not know christ they say if you know if, if the example that jesus gave us he did not do anything without the father Mm -hmm. Son, Holy Spirit, Spirit, they all work together in unity, unity. not one greater than the other, right. you know, because we go into the same thing that the man is ahead of the, you right. know, the head of the woman. I mean, that's the, the very one. Everybody knows that even in kindergarten, you, you learn that. <laughs> I mean, that is so drill, so, but that has, so been, true. that has been taught so out of concept, you know, because so incorrectly. Yes. And it's so incorrectly because if you begin to really, because you see in that, in, in that statement, the Lord Jesus is teaching us one thing. He is teaching us what uh, a, re uh, a relationship should look like in our homes, mm -hmm. what a relationship should look like in the body of Christ, and what the relationship looks like when all those two need to model the relationship that Father, Son, Holy Spirit had. Now you bring up a good point right there. Yes. So if a pastor um, is having a certain type of relationship at home, do you think he or she is bringing it also to the church? Yes, ma'am. I believe so. I believe, and because I've saw, I've seen it, I've lived it. Uh, what happens is, like for example, I honor my husband. Okay, I honor him. I now honor him because I did not. Um, but uh, when we came into the Lord, it was very hard. But I understood, you know, that he was the head of the household. But still, yet even in that realm. We were to work in un. We are to work in unity, not tyrantship, mm -hmm. not ownership of either either one. Right. But but what I started to see was that the concept of the home was brought into the church. In the church, the apostle Paul exhorts us to be co-laborers, working side by side together. Mm -hmm. So now the men took it, and the women believed it mm -hmm. that. The man can come and govern you even in the church. And that is not true. That they can tell you what to do in the church and you got to submit to them. That, that is so all out of order. We are to submit to one another. We are to be co-laborers with one another. But they have drug what the Lord has uh, for the house, established for the household. They had brought it into the church and mixed it all up together. And I, and I don't think that is correct. Why do you think they mixed it up all together? Um, I, I think that they have mixed for it control. up. For control? Mm -hmm. For control. And we can see the results in our churches today. We see that a lot of women as well as, you know, the men have quiet their voices. 
the men are uh, becoming more quiet and feminine. Mm -hmm. They act feminine instead of like men. You know, the women are becoming more bolder and they act like men instead of like women. That is not what the Lord says. When we walk in into our rightful place, we don't need to lose our identity. We don't need to behave like a man and dress like a man and act like a man so I could be accepted as, a, you know, I'm, I'm a woman, but then yet I'm, I'm behaving like a man so I can be accepted. So what are we doing? Mm -hmm. We are also bringing confusion into the body of Christ. Our men are, are, are more feminine now. They will not stand up. They will not teach. They don't want to preach. They don't want commitment with the church because they're too busy working, trying to support the family which I'm not saying that's wrong. That's what we're supposed to do. But there is also healthy. Exactly. And there's also, um, you know, where you have Matthew 6, 33, where we seek first his kingdom and his yes. righteousness and all things will be added to us. Yes. That we place God first, that we right. prioritize him yes. first. Yes. You know, and we see that modeled not only by Christ Jesus, but even in the garden, we would see how the Lord would come down in the cool of the day. And spend time with Adam and with Eve. What happened to that? Mm -hmm. We're not seeing that. We're right there. That tells me that, yes, we have time, you know, to go and work and, and support our family. But we have forgotten. We have forgotten what our calling is mm -hmm. to go out and make disciples. Who has time to make disciples now? That's getting pushed away, you know, a simple preaching. Right. simple worship and let's get on our way because we're too busy we we have lost the concept of also discipleship yeah and even like women ministries are also being watered down yes men's ministries are being watered down yes. but yet you know please come to the to the sunday service and right. give a general message right give a general message and then we'll see you next week right there's no more commitment we're seeing less and less commitment in the body of christ on top of that, less commitment and then that pressure that women aren't supposed to take their places. Mm -hmm. And we have that. And now you see the condition of the church around the world. What it is now. Do you think that's why a lot of people, too, don't want to come like the community don't want to go to church? I believe because so. the leadership of the church is acting like the world. Yes, I believe so. I believe so and we're seeing it more and more and more we're starting we're uh, we're we're not seeing that passion anymore that commitment you know to the lord jesus and to the word and yes and to the word of god where we are watering it down and yes. compromising yes we are compromising the word of god wow what can christian female pastors or leaders need to do um to help the younger generation to rise up for Christ because we need to leave them yes. a legacy like you as a mother you're leaving that to your children yes. but what about the rest of us who want to who want to leave a legacy well we just talked about how the, the condition of the churches and that is what our young adults are seeing so what legacy are we living we are not living what we are preaching we stand up and we preach one thing and, and do get another. off of the pulpit and we show them yeah. something totally different. We are showing and the parents are no longer showing um, living the word. They, they use it to correct. I mean, they know that by heartbeat. 
but we're not showing. And we because you're not showing it, yes. a lot of children end up rebelling against. Yes, yes, yes. God. Yes, the rebellion against the Lord because we're preaching, yeah. and there's some good preaching out there, but we're not living the lifestyle that we should right. to represent what we are teaching and preaching. So if we want this generation to rise up, you see uh, this generation don't know who they are. They've lost their identity. Like I said earlier, our, our men are looking more feminine and our, our women are looking more manly. And I'm talking about the church. Why? What, what are the legacies? They're accepting now. They're compromising. There's so much sexual issues involved. Well, then how are they going to fight against sexuality when they are seeing their, the Christian community, the leaders, the pastors, marrying and divorcing and you know sleeping around and then you're seeing all of this on television and not being doers of the word and not being doers of the word and then we turn around and expect them to fall in love with the lord and yet we are stomping on his name we want them to serve with excellence and and we push so hard on them and yet we are not setting an example for them so what can we or what can you um recommend women to how do you help them or guide them to find their identity in Christ well I believe um which what helped me to find my identity in Christ was the best the best person to show us that was Christ Jesus mm -hmm. is that he spent he made sure that he spent time alone with the father there is so many voices out there nowadays. There are so many commercials telling us what we should look like, what we should talk, you know, what, um, who we should hang out, what products should we use. There's so much interruption. There's so many voices. And yet we do not take that time. We saw how our Lord Jesus would just, I mean, his ministry was just setting himself apart looking for a quiet time to be with a father and he would not do anything the next day mm -hmm. if it wasn't approved first by the father so i recommend that for you know there is no formula there is no formula of of identity we were created unique we know that we were formed in our mother's womb we all know that scripture in jeremiah we know that we were created perfect in the image of god and then the world and even now more than ever all those voices we need to learn and i encourage you know everyone especially the young adults and the teenagers the teenage girls and, and other women is that stop hearing those voices spend some quiet time with the lord find your identity in that quiet time in prayer in prayer and just having that communion with the lord and asking him father god what is my calling mm-hmm Everybody seems to know what calling we should take. And, and, and very few go to the Father to seek that calling. You know, we, we want to hear everybody's opinion, but we don't, we don't ask God what is our opinion. Right, you and they're not is. even following, you know, the, they're not even also going to Christ and asking right. for, you know, their, who they are in Christ. Yes, because if we learn, if we learn to, to get quiet mm -hmm. before the Lord, and um, if we go there in that quiet place, you're going to ask, and he's going to answer. Exactly. So, and that's the promise. Yes. That he's going to yes. answer. It's not, a, it's not maybe he's going to answer. Right. 
It's he's going to he's going answer. to answer. And we see that uh, we see that Jesus Christ that his whole ministry he did not do anything until the you know the Holy Spirit he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was a God of order. Mm-hmm. But he made sure he seeked Abba Father. What was the will for him? What was not? Mm-hmm. You know, what he should do? Where yeah. he should not go? We see... Always the, praying. Always praying. And we also see that in the life of the Apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. We see that he would... The Lord would come to him in a dream. Don't enter here. Don't go there. Mm-hmm. Come here. Know what to say. We saw that reflected after the Holy Spirit of God in the disciples. Do not enter here. Go here. There's so much that they were willing to die for Abba Father. Before, they were confused of who they were and what their role was going to be in this great commission. But later on, you see, they all went unto death, except John, you know, his natural death. But they all, and even the new, the, everyone who heard and was converted, they were willing to go and die. You don't hear in the early stages of the church that there was a problem of identity issue. You hear that now. in the world. You hear it in the world. Yes. But you know, mm-hmm. you can hear the the first church in the book of Acts. Right. They were saved. There was no confusion. They knew exactly right. who needed to be converted, where did they need to go, and what did they need to do? Because they were filled with that fire of the Holy Spirit of God that is missing in our churches and it's missing in ourselves. And you exactly. can get that individually. Yes. That fire. So they, you can stop. When you have that fire, there's no confusion. Yes, there because isn't. We are not. we are not alone. We are not orphans. Right. And there's so much confidence in Christ. Yes. In Christ. Not in ourselves, yes. but in Christ yes, Jesus. Yes, that's when that beautiful scripture comes in, in place. You know, I can do all things, things through Christ. Christ who strengthens yes. me. Yes. Through him. Yeah. We can through him, do not this. through us. Right. It's not through, through him. friends. No. Not through the world. No. But through Christ. Through Christ. And he gives us that boldness when we need it. He calms us down when we need that as well. <laughs> he leads and guides us. We are not alone. Some people think that we govern ourselves. Mm-hmm. We do not govern ourselves. We don't owe ourselves anymore. We belong to Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. What does the body of Christ need to do more of to support women in leadership roles? Put them in leadership. Put them in leadership. Not just say we support you women in or a woman in leadership. Put them in leadership. But not only that, when you put them in leadership, respect their leadership. Because we can put them in leadership and then remove the authority that comes with that leadership. And then stop looking at them under a microscope. Mm-hmm. And everything that they do, they are criticized, they are judged by both women and men. Mm-hmm. That needs to stop. Because you don't do that to men. Why would you do that to a woman? Right. If you're putting somebody in a position, you're going to respect that the Holy Spirit of God is moving through them. You know, and let them do their calling. Exactly. Let them do their calling. Exactly. And trust the Holy Spirit is going to do his mighty work through her. Trust the Holy Spirit of God in them. Right. That they are going to do what they were called to do. 
Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Nora. I could just continue to talk about this topic. And um, it's just been such a pleasure to talk to you and to listen to all your knowledge and your experiences about women in ministry and about your testimony, too. And how you also encourage women, too, in ministry. I'm so glad that um, it hasn't gotten you bitter. It's gotten you better. Right. And yes. stronger. Praise. And that's because of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen to the Holy yes, Spirit. Yes, yes. Awesome. Would you do me the honor of just closing in prayer for whatever the Holy Spirit's leading you to pray for right now? Yes. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that you have given us, Lord, to speak into the air, Father God. For all those who are listening, Father God, I pray that you touch them where they are at, Lord, wherever around the country, around the world, Lord, wherever this broadcast may go, Father God. I pray the peace of the Lord upon them, Father God, and and I pray specifically today for all the women, Lord, that are living in fear, Father God. I pray, Father God, that 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 spirit of fear, Lord, come off of them in the name of Jesus and that they rise up in their calling father god so that they may with excellent go out and make disciples lord we know that you are coming soon father god i pray for the fire of the holy spirit of god to rise upon them lord that they may trust in you like proverbs 3 5 and 6 that says trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path or make your path straight we need to learn to have that confidence in our Lord Jesus that he wants the best for you rise up woman for such a time as this our time is running out and I pray for all the young adults and all the ladies all the young women be encouraged um, set yourself apart and seek that quiet place in the name of Jesus so that you may find your identity Lord I pray against that orphan spirit I pray against all confusion of identity Father God I pray that all these women whatever their age may be Father God that they rise up in boldness godliness Father God that we are women that fear you that praise you Father God that we be women to set an example for the young women Father God that we will know how to present your word living in action father god that we be women of action of modesty father god i pray in the name of jesus i pray for the fire of the holy spirit of god to come upon every person that hears at the sound of my voice we call upon you holy spirit for these last days in the name of jesus we pray amen and amen amen